You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. All right. How's everybody doing? This is Anthony Scandariato, host of the Discovering Multifamily podcast. Um, also co-founder and managing principal at Red Knight Properties, um, a boutique multifamily and mixed-use real estate investment company where we partner with uh, both active and passive investors and purchase uh, large real estate and split the profits. So um, this is, show is going to be a little bit different than usual. Um, we're actually not going to be having a guest, um, except the guest is me. Um, I figured to take this time on this podcast to share my story on how I got started um, in commercial real estate. And, you know, the listeners of this podcast can, um, you know, learn, at least I hope, something from it and see how they can, you know, whether it's doing their own deals on their own or partnering up with an experienced operator and investing passively or uh, working for a commercial real estate company and getting experience, or just wanting, you know, more general knowledge on, you know, what multifamily is, what commercial real estate is, what are the benefits, how uh, can that transform your life. And I'm going to focus specifically on how I was able to, um, you know, actually quit my nine to five in about a year um, after buying multifamily real estate. Um, so I'll get right into that, and like I said, this podcast is going to be more of a story, and I hope everybody learns something from it, and here we go. So obviously, you know who I am, uh, I am the host, Anthony Scandariato, and I started uh, actually working uh, for another commercial real estate operator come 2015 essentially after I graduated college um, as an undergrad. And while I was in college, I actually had a startup company, um, which I wanted to transition out of into commercial real estate. And I was able to do that. And I wanted to get a lot of experience. It didn't matter what asset class it was. Um, I wanted to work for an operator that was doing deals. And I also wanted to add value. Um, So at the time, I, I found a um, you know, local real estate sponsor and developer who was acquiring and repositioning and, you know, asset managing um, a nice sizable portfolio of uh, Class A office. So by Class A office, meaning, you know, large office complexes that have, um, you know, different types of, you know, uh, investment grade tenants is what we like to call them. So, um, you know, our tenants range from Fortune 500 companies to um, mom and pops, but for the most part, they were typically Fortune 500 companies that are rated on any of the stock exchanges. So, um, got really good experience starting out, and started out as an an analyst there. Um, this is 2015, and essentially underwriting, and um, was able to, you know, help the company uh, underwrite and uh, analyze, and I learned how to analyze uh, different. Um, you know, investment opportunities. I learned how to pitch deals to um, what we call capital partners, which are, you know, essentially um, equity providers. So, you know, obviously when we're looking at 
transactions, a certain portion of the uh, down payment comes from um, the sponsor. A certain down payment comes from the investors alongside the sponsor. Um, typically, the sponsor's putting anywhere from, um, you know, typically what I see anywhere, depends how big the opportunity is, anywhere from 5 to 20%. So that sweet spot's usually around 10%. And then the, the LPs is what we call them, um, limited partners, who are basically the passive investors put up, you know, 90% of the, the, the money um, to order to fund the transaction. Um, and, you know, for example, if a down payment is, um, you know, if the property is a million dollars and the down payment's 20%, as a $200,000, you know, equity investment, um, not including closing costs, and, you know, the sponsor would come up with 10% of that, and the LPs would come up with the rest of that. And then typically we finance the rest um, through a, uh, whether it's a local bank, um, there's various different types of financial institutions, a local bank, um, you know, there's the CMBS market, which we don't need to get into right now, um, life company market, we don't need to get into, bridge financing, we don't need to get into. Um, but there's <laughs> what I'm trying to say, there's a lot of different um, financing options out there in any sort of market um you know um you know there's the government agency market um you know depending upon what asset class you're buying but anyway i uh, started out there and got got really good experience and um this is in 2018 um was you know w while i was at the company i used to work for um, I guess I learned a lot, was able to help with capital raising, closed on a lot of acquisitions, um, helped out with under uh, asset management, um, and really got to understand the business and how, um, you know, a small operator can do such big deals. Um, you know, we were s still, still exists, and it's a small shop from the uh, corporate level, but we were doing $100 million plus transactions. And you'd essentially have a company of, you know, four to five people. Um, but, you know, property management was essentially, um, you know, third-party, you know, outsourced. Um, and there's a lot of outsourcing um, going on, which is a great model because they can do what they do best, which is asset management and, um, you know, property management to some extent and, um, you know, finding new opportunities and um, putting, you know, limited partners um, in touch with, with them as the general partner, the, the sponsor, the active partner of the deal. So um, start, you know, definitely had a, a great run there. And then, um, you know, it, the way I was able to, you know, break into that role, essentially coming out of school and coming out of, you know, a startup that was, was going well. Um, I let, you know, other partners run that company. Um, just was through networking. So, you know, leveraging your network. You know, nowadays a lot of people use LinkedIn to leverage their network. It definitely encouraged that. I did, I did use it back in 2014, 2015 as well. And reaching out to your existing network and, you know, it, it coming at it more from an educational standpoint. Um, when you're reaching out to people, I want to learn more about um, the industry. I want to learn more about different aspects of the industry, whether it's brokerage, whether it's on the sponsor side, acquisitions, asset management, whether it's, you know, development, ground up, you know, construction um, on the contracting side, GC. Um, when you're starting out, it, it definitely, you know, makes sense to have an open-minded, uh, be, to be open-minded and to, um, 
you know, be have the willingness to learn and and grow through that experience because it it could be temporary, but it could be something that you really love and you really are, are good at. Um, and unfortunately, I was able to uh, have that experience. So. Um, you know, in 2018, I was able to meet uh, my business partner, uh, Brian Leonard, um, former fullback um, in the NFL. And, um, you know, at the time, he was looking to um, get into, you know, multifamily real estate. And um, and that year, I actually, uh, actually the year before that, I bought a couple of two-family homes. And we on another episode, I'm going to go into how... I uh, was able to buy, you know, some real estate on the side while working, which is great. I encourage anybody to do that um, if they want to have an active role in their uh, real estate endeavors. Uh, but there's many different ways to, you know, still have a W-2 job and, um, you know, s- still have passive income, um, which is obviously, you know, you partner with an operator like us or another um, operator that offers investment opportunities in a, in a passive uh, position. So, um, you know, definitely benefits to, to both. Definitely, um, you know, uh, different structures depending upon what you're looking for. So, um, you know, was able to, um, you know, buy two family. And the first two family I bought was an, an absolute um, slam dunk. <laughs> to say the least, uh, typically you don't say that on your first deal. Typically, your first deal is usually your worst deal. Actually, the first deal was a phenomenal deal. Um, maybe because of market timing or because of um, you know just the, the way it was creatively financed. Um, I want to get into another episode on on how I was was able to do that um, with um, you know very little money and tremendous cash flow. And, and upside, um, still own the property to this day. It's essentially cash flowing. Um, you know, it's nice, nice little. Um, now I basically call it an annuity because, you know, I literally there's no risk in the deal. I've got all my cash flow, um, my equity out just through cash flow. Um, no refinance, just just through cash flow. So, um, so you know, it was having success on a small level on the two-family end, and, and Brian and I, you know, met each other, and we really hit it off, um, you know, we met through a mutual friend, and, um, you know, we wanted to buy something together that wasn't a two-family, <laughs> um, because, you know, two-family, if you want to be active, it's a great way to start out, a great experience, even if, you know, you, even if you don't do too well, um, you know, you can get a relatively affordable two-family or, you know, even a four-family, you can get a relatively affordable one. And, you know, if, if you're working a, a full-time job and, and getting paid reasonably, you, you'd be able to qualify uh, for um, a reasonable loan. Um, and what's interesting is if you want to start out with the two-to-four-family, typically you could buy it as owner-occupied, um, which you could put, you know, three to five percent down. Um, if you don't have an existing, you know, uh, two to four family already, or you can just simply buy it as an investment property. Um, this is 2020 right now, and typically what I've seen is anywhere from 25% of a down payment. But you can you can find some affordable um, properties depending upon you know where you live. And our location, being you know 45 minutes to an hour outside of Manhattan, um, you know you'd be surprised. It's actually reasonably priced um, opportunities. I mean, you know, two families. Um, I know people are listening from all over the world, but you know, uh, my first two family it was three, 
fifty that I bought it for. Um, my second one was two sixty, um, and then my third one, um, which I actually live in, um, more of a hack house hack situation, um, was three fifty. So, um, you know, they really range depending upon how far from Manhattan you are. They could be anywhere from, like I said, you know, two hundred grand to eight hundred grand, even even a million. Um, but that's as you get closer to the city, and those numbers make less and less sense. And we can on another episode. I want to get into how you can analyze on an active, um, you know, if you want to be more active, and 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 buy one of those. Um, I'm, I'm happy to dive through that, or you know, you can reach out to me uh, via website or LinkedIn, however, and we can discuss one on one. So, you know, we, we, we met each other and um, wanted to partner up in a very simple joint venture. And the, the really great thing I love about real estate is uh, the ability to partner. So, and it could be in any capacity. Um, in this standpoint, I wanted to eventually, um, you know, uh, get away from the two families and start to buy more commercial, but, you know, on the commercial multifamily side and by what I mean by commercial multifamily is five units and up and that's typically how the lenders look at it too because when you're buying a commercial multifamily property uh, the lender when you go to the bank they're typically looking at the income that the property generates they're not looking as much as your financials um, in your financial position, whereas if you buy a two to four family, they're looking at your W-2, they're looking at your pay stubs, they're looking at your tax returns. They're still going to look at that on the on the commercial side, but it's less it's it's easier to qualify for because and you're still going to have what's called recourse, which is essentially if you default on the loan, the bank will come after your personal assets. Um, most likely they go into foreclosure process and they try to sell the house for what, you know, you owe on in any way. And, and, you know, hopefully they'll be able to do so unless it's a short sale situation, but uh, that's approved. But again, it all depends upon the market and, um, you know, the, the conditions that it presents itself in. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it really, really depends. Um, so on the commercial side, what's, what's great about it is, if you can buy, and what I realized, if you can buy, you know, deals that are, let's say, a million five and up, you can qualify for what I like to call non-recourse financing. And, you know, you can essentially get that through uh, government programs, through Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae. And I can go in through a whole financing episode on multifamily um, at a later time. Um, so we started, we bought our first deal. Um, I can get into that with Brian is, you know, not into too much detail, but we bought our first deal uh, together. And, you know, the, the, the value of the partner, um, you know, they can bring is, you know, basically limitless. In my, in my standpoint, I needed a partner that, you know, had a, a relatively uh, strong financial backing to begin with. Um, I wanted someone that was hungry and, and was really passionate about um, improving communities and um, wanted to, to build a business, um, you know, around um, providing, you know, investment opportunities and creating wealth for uh, people who are just tired of the stock market, just tired of the ups and downs, especially right now. We're recording this during the coronavirus and the market, you know, went basically crashed and every single day it's up and down, up and down. People are completely tired of it. So what we provide is, you know, investment opportunities that have cash flow going in, 
um, to provide a you know consistent, stable return um, to our investors and and us as well, because um, we always invest in our deals alongside our investors. As I mentioned before, the sponsor puts up their own money as well. At least the good ones do. Um, so you know we 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 are passionate about providing those opportunities and the the ability to you know um, uh, provide access to to these opportunities that weren't on available before um, because real estate is real it used to be it still is to some extent a fragmented industry from the investment standpoint um, you know but you know crowdfunding's come in place there's a lot of um, you know real estate sponsors now including us that are um, you know providing you know access to these you know private deals that only you know quote unquote the wealthy had access to you know previously um, where you had to come up with a substantial you know down payment um, in order to buy you know a 50 to 100 unit you know complex um, so with the ability to leverage everybody's um, investment, um, and the, I leveraged, you know, the banks and the lenders um, were able to um, tap into those opportunities uh, together collectively. So that's what that's what's great about um, what what we do and what I love about what we do. So uh, getting back to our story a little bit more, my story. Um, Brian and I partnered up. Um, this was back in September of 2018. We got to know each other essentially for a whole year before we bought our first deal and um, bought that deal. It was a, a mixed-use building in uh, Chester, New Jersey, which is about 40 miles west of Midtown, Manhattan. Um, nice town, um, very uh, wealthy area um, for northern New Jersey, Morris County. Um, you know, um, and, you know, it's a mixed-use building. And, you know, for me, coming from the commercial office side, um, you know, I was comfortable you know, with the mixed-use component, although this had retail um, and uh, very strong retail tenants, at least in, in my standpoint, um, you know, growing up in that general general area, not in the exact town, but on the outskirts. So I was comfortable enough to uh, pull the trigger on the deal with Brian, and thank God we did because, um, make a long story short, um, purchase price, uh, we bought it for a million, two, I don't even remember anymore, a million, it was about a million million one or million two um, and we did a uh, cash out refinance in December of 19 so not too long ago where the bank valued the property at 2.15 million over a year and you know we were able to pull out all of our capital including 40% on top of that and we still own the real estate so we're collecting cash flow every month as well so that was a phenomenal phenomenal case study and and great um experience um you know on a on a first larger deal that we purchased ourselves um so you know from a partnership standpoint if you're trying to do a deal like that you know um you know up the, it doesn't matter what price it is but any unit that any deal that's five units and up where it it five units to let's just say even 20 units, at least in the New Jersey area, deal size up to a million, it probably doesn't make sense to, um, you know, get a bunch of, you know, parties involved. If you can minimize it to just a few, um, you know, investor partners and or whatnot, um, you know, that would, that would be better, especially for a first deal. 
first or even you know second deal um i would i would advise that definitely partnering up um even if you don't have the capital um there's always value you can add whether you found the deal yourself and you're bringing on an investor partner or you know you're doing um if it needs renovations um you're you're completing the renovations you know basically yourself and you exchange for sweat equity but you know you have investors put up the money there's many ways to um structure those types of deals um which you know I want to get into on a on a later episode um but regardless of that um you know partnering definitely takes your business to the next level and I know a lot of people who want to start out on an active role and they haven't done any deals before and they want to um you know uh, attract uh, you know both uh they want to be active and they want you know uh passive uh, parties as well but you know in order to attract passive parties you need to have somewhat of a track record some sort of skill set and real estate to be honest is not rocket science but you do need to know what you're doing to some extent um you need to know um you know uh you need to have a comprehensive market study you need to have a really robust financial model um you need to have um you know demographic data you need to have a nice pitch book your investment thesis needs to make sense um you need to be prepared for questions that um you know you're you're going to get you know uh, for example what happens if there's a recession what happens if there's a coronavirus what what do the numbers look like what, you know you know did you run a sensitivity analysis you have to be able to what happens if you you know sell for this cap rate cap rates expand 200 basis points am i still going to make a market return or is it going to be you know am i just going to you know basically break even so you got to you got to um be prepared for those um you know questions and 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 be able to answer them um and i want to get into that on a further episode on how we analyze properties and um you know basically to an extent where we're comfortable with investing in the deal and we're we're comfortable with bringing on um you know uh, other investors in the deal as well so we're happy to get into that um so partnering is very very important um and we saw it i've i've seen it more and more and more um so uh Brian and I bought that property which we did very well on like i said we refinanced um and at the time um I was still working at the real estate sponsor and was able to handle it um you know you can still have a full-time job uh, of course and own some real estate on the side that you're not that involved in as long as you're not taking away a lot of time at work um and you then that's your focus at work um so i would recommend doing that for anybody who wants to get involved on you know an active role you know kind of moving forward you got to set yourself up in a position to um have the experience and and leverage that um if you want to take this into a full-time endeavor at least that's what it was for me a lot of people have very different experiences there have been some people who have um uh, worked for larger firms institutional firms uh where you know especially in New York City um where you know they've done a lot of development deals um you know whether it's on the multi side or on the hospitality side or you know even industrial side um and then they go out and you know they just leave their firm at some point and they want to do their own deals um and they 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 actually end up I know a few um close close friends of mine that that still have been successful um but it's much I wouldn't say easier but it's much less of a 
you know, uh, roadblock for when you're um, bringing on, you know, other, you know, passive investors or even active investors to uh, help you grow your business. It's when you can say, hey, I actually did this deal under the company umbrella and here was my case study. Here, here was my IRRs. Here was my equity multiples. Here was my refinance cash out. Here's how long it took me to do that. You know, here was my cash on cash return. Um, and I want to get into all those metrics um, in a later in a later episode. Um, but the great thing is partnering really lets you scale up. So I was able to do that. Um, and, you know, we bought over that time period. This is from January to say, basically December of 2019, about um, 70 units together and a very simple partnership structure. Um, and those were all in northern New Jersey. And uh, we were able to actually recently refinance another one. Um, and we're probably going to look at refinancing more towards the end of the year. Um, typically, when you um, purchase a commercial property, it depends on the deal. But um, if you're not taking a bridge loan, you're just doing bank debt, uh, which, you know, basically what I mean by that is local lenders. Um, you know, from a, uh, whether it's a credit union or just like a uh, savings bank, um, you know, any of your local lenders, you can just type in wherever you live. Um, you're relatively close by. and You know, I'm sure you, you've, <laughs> when you're driving by, you've seen them, you know, advertise for loans and, and whatnot. Um, those generally have some pretty favorable terms and rates um, for those types of deals, anywhere from like the million to $2 million range, or even a $500,000 range. Um, so it's, um, those definitely provide the best. And usually what they, they ask is you have to hold the property for a year, even no matter how much value you create. Um, and you know, creating value is a whole different, uh, episode to get into. Um, but the way we create value is through, uh, strategic renovations, um, and strategic, um, uh, management procedures that were neglected before. So, um, a lot of, you know, the lenders require a year seasoning period. Um, if you take a bridge loan, you might not have a seasoning period. Um, sometimes there's, you know, one year interest lockout, um, you know, which basically is, means the same thing. Um, you know, it, it all depends upon what loan you take. And you have the prepayment penalties. So, you know, from our end, we try to minimize as much prepayment penalties as we can because at the end of the day, um, we want as much cash returned to us that we put in um, as in a quick amount of time as possible. Um, so that's what we're driven by. But our whole you know, long-term strategy is to uh, keep developing wealth and building um, you know, multiple income streams through multiple different properties. And even though they're still multifamily, they're very recession-resistant, um, you know, especially even during coronavirus. Collections were very strong, um, north of 92, 95% um, to this day. So we'll hopefully see what happens moving forward. But, you know, what we like to look at is historical data, too. Um, how did this property perform during the last recession, 08, 09? You know, how did the market perform? What were rents? What were vacancies like? Um, was there any, you know, construction that still happened? Um, we look at all those types of different data points um, and you can you know get different data points through different real estate brokers through programs such as CoStar, Reese, 
Uh, those tend to be more on the expensive side. Um, you can even look at you know free platforms like Rentometer.com, uh, Zillow. There's so many tr- you know trend um, and and data platforms you can um, capitalize on. Um, so you know, like I said, I was working and um, you know obviously you know making money <laughs> um, for uh, and and investing basically ninety percent of it. 95% of it in, in real estate. Um, and it got to a point where uh, we were getting, like I said, we had that great case study and we were comfortable enough to, um, you know, bring on other partners because there was other people that saw what we were doing. They weren't necessarily, you know, um, in the real estate industry. Some of them were, um, but they, they understood that, you know, real estate's a very safe place to park capital um, but the way we were doing it is, you know, very value-add and opportunistic. So we want to still preserve capital, but still capitalize on the cash flow the property provides. So, um, you know, what what ended up happening was we bought another property. This is a 50-unit property. Um, you know, purchase price was, you know, five and five and a half million. This is back in. Actually, December. December was a big month, 2019, um, and we're four months into it, and we've doing we're doing very well. We're way ahead on construction. We're actually almost done, um, and our rents have have already turned over 50, 60 percent of the rents to market rents where we didn't even think we were going to get. So the, it's going to be phenomenal. It's very pos- well positioned for refinance, um, hopefully towards the end of the year or, you know, first quarter 2021, uh, once we can get to everybody's lease expiration and the market kind of stabilizes after coronavirus. Um, so, you know, what I would say is once you can get a couple of deals or whether you're working for somebody that were, who was doing deals, and I fortunately was as well, um, and, and that company was doing well, um, you're able to leverage that and you're able to you know, use that experience to show that you know what you're doing and you know you're um, a thought leader and you know that you're, you know, and, you're, and really what it comes down to is, is trust too at the end of the day. Um, you can be doing deals left and right, but you could be, um, in this business, there's um, some people I try to avoid that I don't, you know, that I don't like the way they do business, but um, as long as you're an honest and trustworthy person, and you act in good faith um, in everything that you do, and you're loyal, and people see that. And you know, you you know, um, like you said, if if you kind of put your money where your mouth is, and and you invest in the deals as well, it's a much easier um, position to be in. Whereas you have no experience, really no connections, you, you haven't really done any deals, um, you know. Uh, it's it's a much it's a much much harder sell. So fortunately, I was able to get in that position to close on that and and you know be at the level where we're at today. And I ended up um, actually leaving um, that full time position as soon as um, that property closed to focus on um, execution of that property and make sure everything um, was uh, is performing well. Now a lot of people who are listening to this say, well, why don't you just do the third party management? You can do um, you can oversee the property from a distance and still work, um, you know, full time. And um, a lot of my partners didn't have a problem with that. I had a problem with it because if I'm 100% in something, I need to be 100%. Um, so 
that was the reason for that. But I was able to do that and essentially um, still be in a good position to to live and, um, like I said, still make money for for the the company and uh, me personally and um, able to make money for other people. It's a great feeling where um, when you're able to um, basically you know, keep, I, I would like to say the burst strategy, uh, buy, rehab, refinance, repeat. Um, and that was, you know, coined by the Bigger Pockets podcast. Um, it's a great feeling when you actually get that refinance where you sell a property and you're able to return cash where, you know, people are always concerned when they make an investment. Oh, when I what am I going to get my money back? Or when am I going to get my money back? What does that look like? Uh, what, what kind of cash flow am I going to get along the way? Like, you know, what happens with the market tanks is a great feeling to, um, you know, provide access to these opportunities that have a sound business plan and sets, or, you know, the, sets um, the position up for um, those types of liquidity events. Um, and real estate historically and is not a liquid asset class, but when you're investing in value-add operations... Um, and your focus is on, you know, mismanaged properties where, you know, you're, you're expert, you're an expert in, you know, getting rents up quickly and turning the management around, uh, getting systems in place, um, kicking out bad tenants, navigating the eviction process, understanding, um, the, the municipalities in terms of rent control. If you can understand that, you can add a lot of value. I know it's a lot to digest, but, um, you know, it's, it's definitely achievable and, and I was able to do it. Um, you know, like I said, um, you know, and, and kind of looking back on that experience now, the, the greatest thing I could ever do is, um, pursue this full time and make that decision. Um, and, and anybody else can be in this position too. Um, if, you know, like I said, if you start to slowly build up a portfolio or just do one or two deals or even do deals for another firm or partner up with somebody, Oh, however you can get experience and leverage that, um, it's in a much better position to uh, be successful if you want to be um, real on the active side. Um, now, on the passive side, um, you know, there's a lot of benefits to active, you know, passively investing. And to be honest with you, I, I eventually do want to get on that side <laughs> um, because active is a lot of work. Um, you know, that's the whole, whole different stages of, of life um, game. But... Um, you know, I, I know doctors, you know, who, who are partners and, you know, they invest in, you know, not only my deals, but other real estate operators deals. And, you know, they're well diversified in real estate. And that's, uh, every time, you know, we have a conversation, it's, you know, they're very happy with the returns that real estate has provided to them. And, you know, the liquidity real estate has provided when they're investing in these value add deals that, you know, generally on these deals, it's a, it's a three to five year life cycle. But, um, you know, if it's if it's money that you know is is it's a tangible investment, and you know that there's um, a, a plan for refinance or an exit, um, you could be much more comfortable with it, and especially if you're getting cash flow through distributions along the way. Um, so. That that's essentially you know how how I how I got here, um, and obviously um, I have other opportunities in the works now, um, but I'm able to focus 100% of my time, effort, dedication, invest all my resources, all, all my you know most of my money, um, and um, 
you know, able to um, pursue this 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 career path. Um, you know, it's um, a lot different for some people who just want to quit and you know get out of their nine to five and you know just have a, a passive income stream. And you could do that too if you haven't, you know, if you're comfortable where you are. And you could do that, like you said, like I said, through passive investing with another operator or through investing in something else. You can you can get there. Um, you know, my experience, real estate is is the way to to get there from a cash flow perspective, especially from a long term investment horizon. Um, so there are multiple ways to get there. There's not only one path. Um, you could do it too. Um, anybody could do it. Um, it just, it might take a little bit of time to get to that point. Um, and I'm not talking crazy amount of time. It could take a year. It could, I know people who have, you know, uh, done their own, um, opportunities and have, have done it pretty quickly. I know people who've taken a decade to finally pull the trigger, but hey, that's okay. That's uh, however long it takes. Um, but I just wanted to share my experience on um, kind of a long-winded but short story on how I was able to, um, you know, leave my nine-to-five job and, and start Red Knight Properties um, to where it is today. So right now we control about 140 apartment units in north northern new jersey that has some self-storage retail in there um it has some retail and self-storage units in that number as well um and you know like i said a few more opportunities that are closing um so that unit number is only going to go up um and you know as assets under management is is only going to go up right now it's i think it's like 12 million or so so once we have a few more closings it's going to go up um, and sky is kind of the limit from there, but we're committed to um, provide, you know, uh, opportunities for, um, you know, passive investors to, to get into real estate and, um, you know, opportunities for act- people who want to be active and need a partner and need some guidance, need some help and, um, you know, to, to come to us, whether they have a deal or they have um, the capital and they want a simple partnership or, um, you know, they have, they have the... Uh, the, the contracting in place. It, there's many different ways to to get involved, and that's that's the point of this podcast. It's really there's not just one way to you know get out of the nine to five and focus on an active real estate role and and be able to pursue that you know long term. Um, it does take some time to build, um, you know, and if you can do it safely and smartly, um, I would suggest doing it that way. Um, but I hope you everybody learned something from this podcast. I, I know I went on a uh, tangent in a couple of different directions and maybe went into too much detail on, <laughs> on some things and maybe not enough detail on other things. But um, like I said, I want to get into details on future podcasts. Um, we're going to be having a lot of podcast guests come up on the subsequent shows. Um, but every once in a while, I'm going to have one. Um, Brian's going to have some of his own to talk about um, certain topics as it relates to what we're doing and what we're seeing, um, and some of the you know case studies that we've we've had on our existing buildings and how you can create that type of value that we did, um, we want to be able to help. Uh, we want to be able to add um, you know as much knowledge as we can because because knowledge is power in this industry and um, same thing with you know networking. So please network with me and and Brian. Um, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, please check out our website, rednightproperties.com. Please subscribe to the podcast, Discovering Multifamily, on iTunes, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, any 
platform, you, you name it, it's it's on there. Pandora, I think it's on there. Uh, you know, we're 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 pretty pretty active, and we want to be able to help uh, educate and um, you know make make sure that everybody is seeing the same opportunities that we do, and and we'd love to get everybody uh, involved who's interested in in any sort of capacity, and we love to help. We love to help people, and. Um, that is all for now. So signing off here, like I said, please reach out to me via LinkedIn. Just look at my name, Anthony Scandariato, or go to our website, uh, subscribe to the newsletter, fill out, you know, contact us form, uh, and, and we can go from there. I'd love to connect. Thank you.